Welcome to the Whiskey Congress. Honest, open talk dedicated to speaking the truth to those who are open to hearing it. Black, white, right, left. Most importantly, honest, bold, and fueled by good whiskey. In Whiskey Veritas, we are Whiskey Congress. Join the evolution. Whiskey Congress is once again in session, and Stephen and I are together in the Cleveland studio on a beautiful day. How are you, my friend? Good, man. How about yourself? Hanging in. Hanging in. Um, uh, I, you know what? I don't want to talk about the weather because it's so trite, but it's yeah. beautiful out today. A little cold. Um, all right. I am happy. Why are you? Because I'm happy because Fox News has been exposed for the sham that it is, and we're talking about it. It feels to me like sometimes you want to deflect away from this because you don't want me to harp on Tucker Carlson and Laura Ingram being buffoons. Well... Now we have essentially documented evidence that they are complete shills. I mean... Uh, we already had it. Right. Like, this is beautiful. I, I guess. I mean, for me, you know, a lot of people are making a big deal about it. And, and I think it is to the point where, you know, the reason why this information is coming out is uh, Fox News was sued by Dominion for, yep. a, you know, over near $2 billion. Yeah, I think $1.6 billion. And, billion. And, you know, in a defamation lawsuit, because, um, you know, Fox News was very big on pushing the narrative that the election was stolen and that it was because of these defective or uh, hacked, manipulated, manipulated yeah. machines uh, from Dominion. Um, and there was another uh, voter machine company as well that is also suing Fox. But, um, you know, so in that you've got discovery. And so, you know, that gives you access to emails and texts and statements made. Uh, by the other side, and those emails, texts, uh, and statements have been made public from the Fox News side. Um, and w we're seeing what we already knew, right? Like some of this stems back from, you know, January 6th, where we knew that, sure. you know, Sean Hannity and even Don Trump Jr. Uh, and Laura Ingram had all made statements that, you know, Trump had gone too far and that the whole thing was, you know, all of January 6th was going to be a disaster and is a disaster, but then they went on the air and, you know, tried to downplay it. Uh, with this, though, we, you know, we've got both Tucker Carlson and Laura Ingram, you know, calling Sidney Powell basically crazy and that no one should be listening to this woman, but they know that their fans are going to eat it up, so they continue with the narrative uh, you know, even though at this point they know it's not true, um, you had a, a Fox News anchor that was fired because she fact-checked Rudy Giuliani during that crazy press conference in front of the... Uh, the uh, Four Seasons? Yeah, no, not the Four Seasons, but remember it was in front of like a, a, a greenhouse or... Yeah, no, they claimed they were oh, at the Four Seasons. Yes. It was, they claimed it was the Four Seasons Hotel. It was actually a greenhouse called Four, Four Seasons. Seasons. Yes, the Four Seasons Greenhouse, Yeah. So, uh, so, but this, you know, this girl fact checks him and just like, hey, all, none of this of what he's saying is true or accurate. And, you know, she was demoted and ultimately now I think she works for CNN. Uh, and so I, for me, it's not, a, because we, we know that Lori Ingram and Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity aren't, they themselves aren't buying what they're selling. But they know that their viewers are buying it, hook, line, and sinker. And so they're running with it, right? And and what's frustrating is, I mean, again, we saw this, some of this with the January 6th and the texts and the messages that came out about that. And then when you contrast that against their actual, you know, quote unquote reporting, um, 
you you just you see the hypocrisy. But again, we have already seen this, and their viewers have seen it and don't care. I mean, that and that's and that's where that's the frustrating slash amazing thing about it, right? Yeah, like, I like, mean, like they're acknowledging that they're lying to you. Yeah, and you're just like, well. They just have to say that because it's like official court documents or whatever. But we know the truth. Like what? What? <laughs> oh, we know the like, truth. I mean, it's just it's it's insanity. The 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 thing about it is that I, I you know what? Shame on me for not knowing the answer to this question. But Fox News is legally registered as an entertainment station, so they deflect accountability by just saying we're not telling you the truth. We're entertaining you. I need to look up if CNN, how CNN is registered. I don't know the answer, and that's on me 100%. I, well, All week I've been thinking to myself, I need to learn this answer, and I just didn't do it, so I suck. I mean, and, and the, the debate is journalists versus entertainers, right? Sure. And so the problem for the Fox News hosts and cast is that even in their, their internal communications... Right? Like based off the things that they're saying about how they're reviewing what is going out and editorial and everything else like that, they're approaching it like they're journalists. They, right? the, yeah, and and so journalists. right, like so. Well, the issue is is that they're saying we're just here for entertainment, so therefore we can't help, we can't be held accountable for what we say, First Amendment, so on and so forth. But it's like, well, you can't go, like you can't proceed as a journalist behind the scenes. Right, put out false information and then say, well, we're not journalists, we're entertainers, right? Because your own words are saying that you consider yourself a journalist, but you're using the entertainment you know, label to, to deflect from, from, from liability in this particular right. instance. Now, and, and the issue that they have, the though, is that, listen, journalists or not, you can't, you can't defame someone. Like, you can't go out and put out false statements, whether you're a journalist or entertainer or a stripper or a priest, right? Right. So, you know, the. Which high, supposed to be the good guy and the bad guy in that allegation? It's not good or bad. It's just different. <laughs> well, different, different, priest, just... different, different ways of spending your time, right? We don't judge. I'm just, I'm, uh, but, but um, you know, like, so, so they really can't hide behind, well, this is just entertainment. It's just like, well. Correct. Not yeah. in this case. Right. And so, in this particular case, they can't hide behind it, and Dominion is just building a really strong case. Now, I, I want to dispel this idea that if Fox loses this case, that the company is going to go bankrupt and they're going to be off the air. Like, yeah, they're getting sued for $2 billion in this case and I think another $2 billion in the other case, and maybe they lose them both, and you're looking at a $4 billion loss, which is insane. But Fox News Corporation is worth, I don't know, $20 billion, right? Well, I mean, in, I, terms, of, in terms of going off air, it won't happen, and you're right. Like, they'll, it, they'll, they'll, they'll listen, losing, losing $4 billion worth of cases, and I think your Alexa yeah, or Google no, just my, turned my, on. My Google just turned um, But losing $4 billion worth of cases is never good for the bottom line, right? But at the same time, um, it's not something that will completely devastate them. Like, they will need to, I'm sure they'll make plenty of movements in the market and, and all that stuff to sort of balance out, like, the loss, and, and some of it will be written off taxes. They'll figure out a way to deal with it. Uh, but you know, even if they lose, you're right. They will appeal, and it'll go through the process. Um, but that's still going. Like ultimately, they're going to lose. Now, I guess you know, if things get crazy and it goes to the Supreme Court, with the way the Supreme Court is set up, maybe okay. I mean, I, I, I still think that there's some sanity left in the Supreme Court, although it's it's hard to make that argument. Uh, but I think 
the bottom line is that they're going to lose. They're going to have to pay, but it's not enough to really to send them under. Well, and Dominion has made a point of saying we're not interested in settling this. We yeah. want this to come out. So, yeah. so Fox would love nothing more than to write a ten million dollar check and say, oh, oh fine, or, or fine, a hundred million dollar check. I mean, oh. how, how much? How much did Fox pay to cover up Bill O'Reilly's inability to keep it in his pants? Oh God! I think it was over a hundred million. All right. said and done. By the way, my Google spot was explaining to us what defamation meant. Oh, nice. So, good job. So good, to show, good, 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 good to know um, um, that everything I say and do in this house is being... I, I try to tell you. Yeah, um, But that being said... Look, I wish look, everyone on this house was more interesting. Uh, I, you know, look, I, I think ultimately Fox News loses this. I don't think it bankrupts them. I think obviously it hurts them financially. Um, you know, I don't even think it, it really... You may see some sponsors... Right, bail if they lose, um, and and again that that will hurt them financially definitely. But I just think that they've got enough of a base and a viewership that you're going to see, you, someone is going to want to get in front of those viewers to sell something, and they're, oh, they're going to yeah, be willing yeah, to pay no, for it. No and that's that's what drives these 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 uh, media companies to keep doing what they do. Right, like once they find something that works. They literally will beat it into the ground and squeeze every dollar out of it. And Fox News has yet to see the well dry up for going further and further right and being more and more ridiculous. And, and, and other uh, media organizations have tried to say, oh, Fox doesn't go far enough. We're going to jump past them. That's OAN and, and Newsmax are the yep. things that come to mind. OAN is no longer covered by AT and or carried by AT and T. Yeah, so and Newsmax TV, is getting yeah. Both OAN and Direct and Newsmax are getting booted off Direct TV. Um, I'm not sure what the why that is. Uh, and what I mean is, is it viewership or now it, you could have decent viewership, but you may not have uh, enough advertising to make it work. Right. Um, well, I heard Newsmax wanted. A, like when you're a, like a flagship network, mm -hmm. they you get a chunk of you know subscribership, and it's you know ten cents per month per subscriber. Yeah. But you got millions of subscribers that adds, adds up to a lot of money. Newsmax wanted to be considered like a Fox or like a CNN, yeah. and AT and T told them, which owns Directv, said, "No, you're not at that level. We're not giving you that." Yeah, and they said, "If you don't, we're leaving." And they said, "Okay, leave," and then the. Newsmax folks were like, we're being censored, we're being canceled. Like, no, fuck, Wads, you're just not making enough money for your corporation yeah. that cares about nothing other than money, by the way. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, you know, so we'll, um, I, I, I mean, again, I, I'm not sure what comes of this. Like I said, I think ultimately it just ends up with Fox News having to pay out after it's all said and done. It's just a question of when they have to start writing those checks. Yeah, um, and it'll, they'll string it out for years. Yeah, I, well, maybe. I don't know. Because they, they probably will as long as... Because, look, as long as this is going on, then just them refuting it, saying that it's, you know, it's the swamp and, and the deep state out to get them, there's value to it for them, right? Or sure. maybe they ignore it, and then once they get it to a certain point, then they, they just... You know, walk away, pay it off, and then keep it moving. I, I, I don't know. Well, we got to we got to stay on top of it. But it would be beautiful if we lived in a world where Fox News's, uh, you know, admissions that okay, we knew we were peddling bullshit. We just knew peddling bullshit worked, so we kept doing it. It would be nice if there were consequences for that. Or you yeah, know, but there haven't been consequences to this no, point. No, of course so not. I mean, it's that, and that's why I, I'm not. All, oh, like this doesn't. No, I'm not saying it's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to be beautiful. It did, but it won't. Yeah. And now here's the funny thing: um, 
all of this spins around what's often referred to as the big lie for obvious reasons. Um, and one of those things went to, uh, you know, a lot of the... A lot of cases were put to courts, and most of them were just kicked out for being ridiculous. And one of the Fox claims, and I've actually found this, I've been paying attention to this recently and found it interesting, a lot of cases were just so fucked up that they um, never even got heard. Because in one case, documents were mailed to Minnesota when they were supposed to go to Michigan. Yeah. And, I mean, and we talked about this stuff when it was happening. We did, we did. Yeah. And it's, but it's still coming up. And, and, yeah. and, and now that's the defense of... Whenever they get called out, this, this bullshit, courts wouldn't even hear it. They said, well, they didn't hear it for jurisdictional reasons. Yeah, because you sent it to the wrong fucking jurisdiction, you fucks. It's not like they're ignoring it because of some technicality. That technicality is you can't sue Michigan in a Minnesota court. Right. Da-da. Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot of those cases just were so sloppily thrown together. Um, and I get like they were trying to rush, but, I mean, you still have to get the basics, right? Right, like what jurisdiction you're actually filing in, uh, who, you know, the actual, uh, uh, the actual, you know, uh, reprieve that you're looking for, uh, uh, relief. I'm sorry, just the word escaped me, but, you know, like this, just when you looked at the actual cases, right? When when you just looked at the motions that were, that were submitted, like you look at them and you're just like, who put these together? I mean, like there, there were some that were so bad, they didn't even look like they were put together by an actual. Licensed attorney or an attorney. <laughs> I, one thing I've loved about this is how much it's made attorneys look awful. Just engineer versus attorney jokes. Like I guess I didn't know that there was a rivalry. But uh, there is not. All right, there's not. But but no. But in all seriousness, this has not cast a good light on the legal profession. I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, you, sure. you have bemoaned how well. Awful it's these like people. look. I mean, you, you. What I bemoaned is you, you see when you see people. Uh, in a profession that were at one point in time revered just devolve into, I don't know, whatever the Sidney Powells and Rudy Giuliani and some of these other attorneys have, have turned into um, just, just, you know, no, it's rhetoric it, mouthpieces. Uh, it's, it, it is, it's, it's sad really. Right. It, um, it, you know, there was no reason for Rudy Giuliani to go down this road. Right, like, and it's just like you have to wonder how fucking poisoned his mind was that he thought any of this was a good idea. And I mean, I think I, I know a lot of people in New York have, have you know a, a shit opinion of Rudy Giuliani from you know prior to nine eleven, and I'm sure that's sure. for good reason. But for a lot of us, we weren't in New York. We didn't know how whether he was a good mayor or not. What we remember is that he was a a, a, a decent symbol after nine eleven that a lot of people rallied behind. And if he doesn't get in bed with Trump, then his his legacy is intact. Yeah. Right. But because he he decides to, you know, because he basically was greedy, right, and saw this as a way to to, to cash in one last time, um, like this dude goes down as a complete buffoon. Right? Yeah. Just a complete, oh my god. An utter buffoon. I mean, you've got aside from that terrible press conference and you know the the hair dye dripping down his face, you got the whole movie with Sasha Baron Cohen and and oh, that, that whole so nonsense. Great, I mean, not to mention all the lies and complete and utter nonsense and bullshit that he put out and just continuing to open the door for people to like, dude, you're an idiot. Dude, you're an idiot. Dude, you're an idiot. And not just average people, but other people who are attorneys, who do know the law, who understand the legislative process, who understand the various branches of government and how they work. And just realize, like, this guy is just butchering all of it. Uh, like that, it's just amazing to me the number of people who who fell into that trap 
um, because of the allure of Trump, Trumpism, MAGA, and everything that has now ballooned into uh, uh, like an entire like again, your word is cult. And I'll stick with that word. And I think it's bigger. I think it's more of a. I almost want to say like a, you need to. We need to. All right. I want to put this in. We need to come up with a word to describe when a cult takes up a hundred million people. Right. Because it's that. that and, and my thing is, you're right. But this has evolved into something bigger. Right, no, because you want an it, exclamation point. You want like this is not right, just I mean, a cult because it, it, well, it's not because you're talking. Texas. It's not just a bunch of people sitting around in in some isolated place on an island or down in Texas or off in the country. These people have infiltrated government, right? Yeah. At the local, state, federal level, there are people in other countries who are who are picking up similar rhetoric and just saying, "Well, this is how Trump operates, so that's how I'm going to operate." And it's 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 spun off entire different like, you know, media blocks, right? There are people now who have risen to fame on social media because they continue to stir the pot that is this Trumpism MAGA mindset, right? Like it's created an entire cottage industry. That's bigger than a cult, bro. Yeah, no, no. I, and, and, and again, I, it's the Fundamentally, same. we agree, I think. It's we just, do, but it's just like, this is like a cult I can isolate, right? And theoretically eliminate, right? Now, we haven't had a good job with that, and it usually turns out disastrous when we do it. But at the same time, like you, you can go to a cult and you can say, all right, they're all here. Right, we yeah. got, right. But now this is because of the internet and the ability just to spread information the way it has. It's just evolved into something else that I think is a lot more dangerous. Um, because even if you don't buy into that, these people pose a threat because they're changing laws. Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm the term. I'm trying to come up with a term that's like a cult cancer, because it just keeps growing and metastasizing and sucking in more, and you know call me a libtard, whatever you want to call me, but the Republican Party has become subservient to this mentality. Yes. And it's, 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 you know, I, I, we both know multiple legit Republicans who, like, actually believe in constitutional conservatism and, and fis fiscal responsibility. And those people, I've talked to m multiple who are like, I'm without a party right now because the party I was dedicated to has gone so far off the edge yeah. that I don't know what I don't know what to do. They still hate liberalism. They still hate <laughs> Democrats, yeah. and hey, I don't want to put hate on people, but whatever. Right, but, but they, you know, like yeah, they're not jumping ships. Yeah, but they're saying like, this is not what I signed up for, and I respect those people a lot because they had a, a you know position, whether I agreed with it or not. They had a fundamental belief well, I system. I don't know if I'm going to go pat them on the back because a lot of those people are still relatively quiet about all this. Like they don't agree the, with you. Know, it, what, but, you know what? That that's true. The, but, the ones that haven't spoken up. Right. I mean, it's just like all right. All right. I, like I'm. What you, you want a medal because you you didn't go along with the fucking nonsense right. train? Like relax here. <laughs> um, right. So you know we'll we'll see. And I, I mean you're bringing that up because they're they the Supreme Court is going to hear. Uh, the Trump election case that, that is asked the relief. And I was trying to look up the name of the guy. That's what was fumbling yeah, on my the, phone. The relief that they're asking for is is to have Trump reinstated as president. The case should go get thrown out. If now look, and the reason why like there's I feel like there's a a, a one percent chance that this ca that this case is even heard, an even smaller percent chance that they're actually going to 
honor the request here. If they do, trust me, we'll all know it. So we don't need to go into the... Right. And by the way, yeah. is there a worse thing that could happen to this crowd than this actually going before the Supreme Court? Because they've got nothing. We know this. this I mean, it, it, you know what? How bad is it going to be? We know that it's bullshit and that there's nothing. And the people on their side are just going to ignore it. Right, like if no matter, like you, you always see all this damning evidence, and what do they do? They just just like, all right, well, we'll just not acknowledge I, that. I, that I, I do my own research. I don't buy buy that fake news. Right, but yeah, I okay. mean, I just like it's again this. You know, people will you know progressives and Democrats. Supreme Court comes out and says, oh, this case is bullshit. We're throwing it out. Whatever, like get out of here. You're wasting our time." You know, everyone will be like, "Yeah, that's a victory, right?" But when the other side just completely just doesn't acknowledge it and keeps doing what they're doing, you haven't won anything. Like, you've got it on paper, you've got it documented that they're crazy, but they've decided that that doesn't matter anymore. They've decided that they don't, they don't have shame. They don't care that there's negative media. They don't care that they're being criticized because they literally just turn around and say, nah, -uh, you're the one that sucks. And they keep doing what they're doing, and you have yet to fucking stop them. So these aren't wins for Democrats in people that are against Trump. Like, that's what you have to start to realize. You, you, you can start counting wins when you actually stop them from doing the things that they are doing that are detrimental to our democracy. Here, here, here's my hope, and maybe you're going to say this is a false hope, but the good thing about this is if it goes in front of the Supreme Court, there will be a run-up to that that will get the hopes up of these dopes that will then get just completely crushed. I, all right, I, we've talked about the movie The Great White Hype a million times. If you, if you don't know this movie, very funny movie. Very, <laughs> just a funny easy, movie. Easy. Well, but so Irish Terry Conklin is the, the Great White Hype, and he gets knocked out in like 30 seconds, and there's a kid waving an Irish flag, and when he gets knocked out and just like face plants on the... On the there's like there's this deflation, and that's what I want here. I want the people that support this. Okay, but it's not going to happen. Like I, you're not listening or paying attention. I am they listening to every word. They don't care. They don't care. You know why? When because you inflate the listen, balloon and deflate the balloon. Jim, that like you're 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 thinking at a JV level. I'm sorry. Like you got like snap out of it. How many examples have we seen of Trump being, losing court? All, all this other right. shit. They don't care. Right? If it doesn't go their way, they then they believe just, then, they own then the Supreme Court. They don't, but they don't, it doesn't matter. Like, you don't, like, they're like fucking velociraptors, right? <laughs> like, and, and it's, it's not a joke, like, it's fucking terrifying because they're continuing, like, oh, I can't get in the fence this way, then I'm going to attack the fence over here. Oh, I can't do it over here, I'm going to keep, and they're going to keep doing it until they break through. Right, like these, these people are they're they're not like they they're they're not on the emotional oh oh we're gonna we're gonna oh we didn't get it like that like they they will literally just look at it and just like well the Supreme Court's corrupt anyway we need to get all of them out you of know there. what like you're, that's that's you're, how they you're, think you're, you're right and and what I, uh... you want like it, you're you're thinking like that would be good for you right you want to gloat and hang out but again where is that gonna like ultimately right. If they ignore it and they're just like, whatever, the Supreme Court's corrupt anyway, fuck them, right? And you're over there, ha, 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 but they're walking on to the next threat, then it's just like, no, no, all I, right, I, what I, the fuck do you win? I, I, I've called out the Democrats for trying to win the snark war and, realizing, and not realizing that winning the snark war is not a victory. 
And you're kind of saying I'm doing the same thing here. That's exactly I, what I'm saying. All right, all right. <laughs> okay. uh, I, uh, I, I, you know, but right. look, sadly, you're probably right. Right? Like, I know I, I, it's, this is, a, this is an instance where, uh, like, in, in, and I harp on this, but you, like, in order to start to see victory, like, you have to issue devastating blows that end with people in jail. Right, like that—that—that's where this is going. Like you, like they, like you have to start to because that's the only consequence, really. That 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 can get through to people, right? What changed people who did all that shit with January six? Those who have to go, who have had to spend extended time in prison, right? You got some people that got a, a couple, of, you know, a week, five right. days, could be whatever. But when you have to go sit in prison. Right, because now all of a sudden those people are just like, oh man, I found God, and I was dist- the internet is crazy, and all like I, I'm sorry, I got sucked into it, and I found Jesus, and now I just want to raise my babies and bake muffins. Cool, you can do it after a year in prison, right? It, it like all of a sudden like that's what will snap some of these people out, and I don't mean falsely throwing p- people in prison, I don't right, mean trumping well. up charges, but you have to start to look. You got to look at. The law, you have to look at what they're doing, and now you have to actually go and be good at your job, DOJ, because the Department of Justice and a lot of our legal institutions, they've been living off of, of past glory, right? And what we've seen is maybe maybe that knife isn't as sharp as we thought it was. You know, oh, the DOJ only brings cases, cases that they know they're going to win, and when they bring those cases, man, they come with the thunder. Well, it's been kind of a, it's been a lot less than thunder and more of a, a little clap. Right, I like, say, you know, I, I, it's not on the board, but this is the case with Matt Gates, right? We talked about months ago how you know all the people on the left were celebrating the fact that Matt Gates is going to prison for for uh, you know uh, sex, trafficking sex trafficking and child trafficking, yeah. and, and campaign and, finance stuff, and, I, and, what, and, did I, and what did I say you, the no, whole you, time? No, I, I was on board with you. Don't no, 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 no I'm not. But I'm just but saying what, what you what, said what, it the whole time, and I was on board that when something actually happens, we'll talk about it. Well, something actually happened. They said they're not pressing charges. <laughs> right. And and I think that just go and, and, and because they don't think they can win. Right. And and I think it maybe. And I because it feels like there's something else there with Matt Gates. Um and I and I don't know go if on. it's well, no no no. What I mean is there's something weird about what how that's going down. And I can't tell if are they trying to set him up, right? Are they trying to basically are they saying, look, we're gonna back off, we're not gonna do anything. See if he kind of relaxes a little bit, and then see if they can, like, you know, continue to watch him closely. Once he gets comfortable, he slips back into his old ways. They've got a pattern of behavior; they know what to look for. So they just kind of wait it out and well, see if he actually presents something to them where they can basically catch him in the act, right? Like that—that's a theory that I have out there. That this is why they're sort of backing off, just to kind of see. Now, a lot of people are like, well, he's not going to be that stupid. He's just going to watch his step even closer. Listen. I know criminals, and I know I know people who do dumb shit. And Matt Gates is narcissistic and arrogant enough to where, yeah, it's not gonna happen overnight, right? Like he, he didn't read that statement from the DOJ and just like, all right, let me call up all the sixteen-year-old girls on the volleyball right. team I know. No, he's not that dumb. But they'll wait it out. They'll watch him, and let's see where we're at a year from now, year and a half from now, maybe two years from now, right? And then 
he gets more comfortable. He feels like he's good. There's a little bit more distance between all this. People are quiet. And then he goes to fire shit up again. And this time they're prepared because they know what to actually look for. I don't know. I could be, again, giving them more credit than they should get. Uh, but that that's what I kind of think could be happening. Or there's something even more nefarious where someone was bought and paid off and they told them to back off of Matt Gates, And so he's just been backed off of and that's and that's that. Could be either or. So... It knows that's an interesting thought, and and I I respect your point that whenever you say there's no way so and so will do this again, they do. They always do. <laughs> they just do. You know, because people ask, you know, when when I was working as a public defender, it's just like, how can you represent those criminals? How do you represent people you know are guilty? And the answer is one, I don't necessarily always know. Sometimes I did. Like, if you're on video and it's your face on the video, I'm not going to put in a not guilty plea for you. I'm sorry. Uh, but, you know, you have... My, my, this is how I do it, or did it. You have a responsibility to protect the Constitution as a defense attorney. And what I mean by that is, even if you've got a client that did it, that you know is guilty or whatever, and the evidence is, is damning and you can't get around it. You still need to make sure that that person is charged appropriately, right, with the crimes that they should be charged with. Sure. And that they get a fair look at the evidence and that they are sentenced fairly based off of what happened. And because even if a person did a crime, they can still be overcharged and oversentenced for that particular crime. And so... You still you want to protect people's rights. We have them. We have due process rights. There are steps that are laid out that dictate and determine what a uh, what due process in a fair trial is, and it is the role of the defense attorney to make sure that that process is carried out on behalf of the defendant. Now, um, that being said, look, if I've got someone that I know is dead to rights guilty. I never went in saying, all right, look, I'm going to Perry Mason this bitch and get you <laughs> off, right? Or, or you know, I'm going to Johnny well, Cochran this bitch. Well, and, get, and there but, are attorneys that do. But this is about me, uh, right? Uh, this yes. is specifically about me and how I did it was, look, looking at a situation, if it was iffy, then, all right, fine. We'll fight it as far as we can go until the evidence tells us not to. Um, if we've got a client that I believe, then, yeah, you go to bat for him, right? You, you, you sure. pull out all the stops and you, and you go to bat. If you've got a client that you don't believe... Right, and there's they're not providing you anything that is giving you what you need. Uh, they're lying to you, which most of them do. Right, like almost yeah. every like not almost they all lie to you in the beginning. Right, guilty or innocent, they all lie because they're scared and whatever. Yeah. but fine, it happens. Um, so you 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 learn to sort of navigate through that to eventually get to the truth. And once you get to the truth, what that what you believe, which is gut instinct, and you you only have so much you can go off of, then it's just like look. I'm going to protect you the be to the best of my ability, right? Whether it's my goal is to keep you out of jail or it's to minimize the time you spend in jail, right? Or whatever in between. Like, that's, that's what my job is, right? And, and so when I think, when I th you know, when I think about the Supreme Court and I think about how, like, where we are with it right now, it's, it's just... In, in the legal profession, like it's it's frustrating seeing how these Sydney Sydney pals and Rudy Giuliani's and anyone who's representing Trump and some of this stuff and the, and they're getting caught up in his bullshit. How all of what I just said is lost, 
right? Yeah. On on those people, and and when we, you know, when you you graduate, like you pass the bar, you take your oath. How it's just like so that none of that means anything to you people, right? It's just all about the money. It's all about you know like political power and everything else. And and that that is the part for me. That's that's sad, right? To see how that could, how how I could take a path similar to this person, and see how they end up. And and I'm, I I I hope this comes off as respectful as I want it to because I know from conversations we've had just personally that one of the reasons you didn't make it as a criminal defense lawyer is you wouldn't let go of your principles. Like a lot of times you just shove shit in your face and just plead this out, get rid of it, and you're like, no, I know for a fact. I know a story about a guy, a cop in Chicago, literally throwing a bag of weed into a window yep. and then knocking on the door saying, oh, there's weed in your house and arresting a guy. You've told me the story. Yep. And you're like, I'm not backing off on this. And your superiors said, yeah, you are. And yeah, I don't know I the mean, details of that specific case and how it ended. I just know that you well, stood I, on I, principle. Well, on that one, I, I didn't back off and I, I got heat for it. But um, it worked out the way it was supposed to. But in general, but that in was general, philosophy. But yeah, yeah, but I mean, that was some of the shit that I was going up against. And, and ultimately why I left the PD's office is a whole other shit show that we won't talk <laughs> about. But, okay. um, you know, it, look... With these cases, I think when they, you know, when they do go before the Supreme Court, I think we like something like this. You watch, um, but again, like I said, in, uh, there's nothing that they're going to say. Like unless they do decide to reinstate Trump as president, which oh, I said, will... <laughs> then then uh, you definitely have something to talk about. But even if they don't, and they say this is all garbage, it's think all bullshit. How that would logistically work out. Oh my God! All right, Joe, Kamala, uh, pack you, your yeah, shit. pack your shit up. Don't take any classified documents because we know how that works out. And so you're you're already you know we're you're we're already watching you. You're on thin ice, buddy. Uh, you know, so I mean, I guess it's something to watch out for. Um, but it's one of those things where, you know, if it goes the wrong way, we'll definitely all know about it. Um, but yeah, let's yeah. There's there's more policies to talk about. We'll get to it. But um, now we make engineers look bad <laughs> because there was a train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, and. Trains are driven by engineers. That's where the turn comes from. Um, and, yeah, this is awful. Like, these yeah. are really uh, toxic chemicals, a train falling over, catching on fire, shit getting thrown in the air, in the water. Uh, it is getting coverage, but this is a big fucking deal. Yeah, so the, it's what's interesting, so East Palestine, Ohio, is about 20 miles south of Youngstown, my hometown. Um, and it's right there close to the, like, Ohio-Pennsylvania border. Yep. And, um, you know, so there's concern even in Youngstown about, like, well, is this going to affect us, impact us? And, and there's, you know, saying that it's in the Ohio River and it's working its way downstream and everything else. But, you know, it, it's concerning um, because, you know, like, the chemicals that they're, uh, what, vinyl, vinyl, acetate, vinyl acetate was one of them. Yeah, vinyl acetate or vinyl chloride or something like okay. that. But um, the, the chemicals that you use to make PVC pipe, right? right? Um, and, but they're in, you know, very volatile, you know, unstable state or whatever when they're being, when they're being yeah. transported, which is not comforting, um, which this accident is why it's very discomforting, right, that those things are just, you know, flying up and down the rails. Um, and, and listen, I, I just, as much as I'm not, you know, environmental earth guy, Greenpeace guy or You're whatever, not me, yeah. uh, like, look, I, I recognize the, the risk and the damage that's been done here. I, now look, am I, am, am I an environmental scientist? Can I tell you, 
that this is going to impact people for years and years down the road. No, I can't say that definitively backed by data and, and research. But listen, I am concerned they blew up some really toxic chemicals right there in the air, in the vicinity of all these homes and families and kids and animals and everything else. Yeah. Blew them straight up into the sky, right? And then, you know, it's the, and, and chemically the stuff is heavier, right? Than heavier than area. So it's going to come down. Um, and the concern is, is it in the water? Is it in the ground? And how much of it, how much of it is in the ground and water? And is that dangerous? Right. right now, I have concerns that it might be, right? And I have concerns about how far spread out this is. Like the cloud, I mean, they could see it from space when they blew this thing up, right? And so, like, I don't know, that seems significant to me. Um, you are looking at me like it's not that big no, of a deal. No, I'm not but, looking at I mean, you. I'm, I, I'm, I'm listening to your words. And, and, uh, no, it's just, no, I, I, it's I, a I, huge I, deal. Now, it was, it was, they called it a controlled burn. So they detonated it on purpose to get it from, keep it from. Everybody was, gets that. But how much control do you have of it? I don't, Steve. All right. I am an environmental guy. I am an engineer. And I am. You're a chemical engineer. I'm a chemical engineer. And I can't give you the first fucking clue. I, I have no I idea. Just, and, and, and look, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't know if what the long-term effects of this will be. But for the EPA to be like, oh, yeah, we tested everything. It's all clear. It's like. Are you. One, 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 one of like, the, so people, and people are just supposed to buy that? Now, now as much as I'm not. You can't question the government on everything, or at, at some point, like you're, you're, you're just never going to be able to exist. Like I just can't buy into the fact that all right, the EPA has gone in in less than a week. They're like, yeah, everything is good. There, there's an industry phrase that is mostly mocking the uh, people who say this: the solution to pollution is dilution. So if you release this chemical. Well, if you get far enough away or let it go long enough, eventually it tells you numbers that make you sound like it's okay. Well, it might be, and it right. might not. You can find this. This is a I mean, truth. I, in, well, I guess so. There was someone who put on the internet. There's just like based off prevailing winds and the direction and everything. This is there's going to be this giant cloud of acid rain because when the when the uh, the vinyl acetate. Uh, cleans to clouds or hydrogen yeah, or, right, right. or oxygen yeah. or whatever, and then it creates acid rain, right? And and there's like, and this is headed towards New York, so everybody in New York, stay in your house. And it's like, well, look, by the time this giant cloud of acid gets to New York, it will probably be diluted enough to where you may pick up traces of it, but will it actually be damaging? Like, I don't think people's skin is going to melt off if it rains in New York on on Sunday or Monday, right? Um, but I think for the people in East Palestine and even in Youngstown or wherever, right, within Pennsylvania, certain, I mean, right, that, Pennsylvania, Ohio, well, and, and, in that and Dr. region, Cincinnati was shutting off intakes of their water systems. Yeah, I saw that because, because right, like we don't know what's coming into our one one thing that most people, not all, we talked about Flint, Michigan years ago, and it probably still hasn't fixed their water problem. But we kind of take as a fact that when you open your water tap in your house. That that water is safe. Yeah. And Cincinnati is saying, we don't know if we keep these things open, if we'll be able to tell our customers that. So we're stopping it. That's serious. Right. I mean, and look, here's the other thing, too. I mean, you know, for the EPA to declare the water to be safe, I think what's really interesting, you know, Sherrod Brown, who's uh, the Ohio senator, senator yeah. uh, he's located here in Cleveland, he goes down to East Palestine and he's really, you know, he's really pushing for the people and, and you know, saying like, hey, uh, North, whoever the name of the company is, I can't think of it it's, now. It's, uh, uh, oh, God. 
Yeah. But he, Nor- Sam, Norfolk, I think. Is yeah, the, Nor- Norfolk Sutton or something like that. The, you guys got to be responsible for this, and, and I'm not going to stop, and all this other stuff. And, you know, EPA is here, and they're saying that the water is safe and everything, and somebody's just like, all right, here is a glass of water from here in East Palestine, Senator. What do you have to drink? And he said, I Did that happen? cannot do that. Yes. Oh, my goodness. That's, yes. So there was a Simpsons episode oh, yeah. where Mr. Burns was asked to eat a piece of Blinky the three-eyed fish yes. knowing he's polluting the water and he spits it out and and yeah. that's what happened. Yes. <laughs> I mean like, well I mean he you know he There's wasn't no bold enough fish. <laughs> right he wasn't bold enough to actually drink the water and they and they did that with a number of different people. Uh when, you know they had a town hall there. Uh and like look, I wouldn't either, right? Like I wouldn't either. And here's the thing, like it's close enough to Youngstown like I don't know. Like, is the water safe in Youngstown, in my hometown? I, I, I don't know the, the answer to these questions. But, I, and, and look, I don't think anybody does. But I, what I have issue with is the EPA coming out and declaring after a week that everything is good. Right? Like, that, to me, just feels like you're just trying to get people to shut up, be quiet, and kind of get back in their homes. But, like, we, I think everyone is looking at, like, like look, there's going to be long-term impacts. And there's even, you know, I saw a form online that people were supposed to sign um, about, you know, uh, uh, the the company that owned the train yeah. to come in and do testing, right? But the way it was written, mm, well, and th- there's- the way it was written, it looked like people may have been signing away rights to sue down the line. Yeah, yeah I, I saw and, that. And and so, you know, just encouraging people, like, look, don't sign anything. Right. Here's $1,000 for you do, to take care right, of yourself. Do not sign anything. Do not take money from anyone right now. Just wait. It is entirely too early. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, if you were just in a car accident yesterday, yeah, you think you feel fine, but don't talk to the insurance company today thinking that you're all right because if your back injury pop, pops up later – Right then, if you if you take a settlement, you know the day after the accident, then you may not be able to get that resolved. This is this could be way worse. Um, could be cancer, carcinogens, uh, um, you know, other illnesses, sure. things like that. And and it's scary, but not, that's just the reality. Like you, you you had a train filled with hundreds of thousands of gallons of a really toxic chemical that then like yes, it was a controlled burn, so it didn't blow up the whole city. But you had basically a volcano blast of toxic chemicals into the air that went up, and a lot of it had to come down. Where did it land, and how much did it penetrate into ground, soil, water, everything else? And, you know, what about the soot, right? Like, how toxic is that? And even just cleaning it up, how do you go about that without making people sick? Um, Can it make people sick? Like, these are all questions that are worth asking, that we shouldn't just be rushing to say, hey, everything is A-OK, everybody go back to normal. And, and one thing I want to throw in real quick is there was a law called the FAST Act that was put into place that basically said any um, provision against certain things related to uh, you know, tra- uh, transporting materials can be overwritten. Um, and I, I'm doing a bad, look up the FAST Act, but in, in short, the reason these tankers were not considered toxic is because of a legal loophole from a law that allowed it to be um, stricken from, from, uh, from the law. So the fact that this was not treated as a toxic um, event is purely a legal loophole that could end up costing lots of people lives. 
period. I'm doing a terrible job of yeah. articulating this. And I really want to move on to my girl, Nikki Haley. Okay. Um, so Nikki Haley declares she's running for president. Yeah. And has been tap dancing around saying anything bad about Donald Trump since she did so. Mm-hmm. Because she is his one and only... She's She is his former employee and left the Trump administration on good terms, which didn't always happen. Um, and now she's... On the, on the record is saying, you know, we need new leadership, we need younger people, and it'll be interesting to see where this goes. There's people saying she's just doing this because she wants to be DeSantis's uh, VP. We'll see. Uh, but I really want to focus on Don Lemon. So Don Lemon comes out and says Nikki Haley is no longer a woman in her prime because she's in her 50s, and women are in their prime and in their 30s and 40s. And Don Lemon has subsequently been suspended from CNN with pay. I think this may be and probably should be the last nail in Don Lemon's coffin. I mean, this is such a dumb statement. Like, I mean, it is incredibly I, I, dumb. I mean, I get what he's trying to say, I guess, because she's a woman in her fifties. She's past her prime. I mean, looks, what, 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 prime what, what does that mean? Of, in terms of looks, I guess. I I don't know. I guess insinuating that. The only reason that she was popular is because she was mildly attractive or something. I, I it, you know, it was it was a really sort of misogynistic, backhanded insult. Which is odd coming from a gay guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, I get you know, misogyny doesn't necessarily no. transcend, you know, true sexuality. And, 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 so. and cattiness is right. Whatever. I mean, but I mean, I think you're going down a dangerous road. Yeah, that, I, I, but, I, I pump the brakes a bit. But I just, I think it, it's just a really uninspired statement from Don Lemon. I'm not a huge fan of Don Lemon. Uh, it seems like he picks his spots where he decides to be activist on, and, and he's not really all that good at it. Like, I mean, my best memory of him is him getting his ear pierced on New Year's Eve that one year. Well, it was hammered well, yeah, at was the bar. Like, him being hammered on New Year's Eve is uh, well, my favorite Don that Lemon was, But when he, got, when he got his fucking ear pierced, like, that was a, that, like, that was the, the coup de grace. Um... But um, like the two came with like a spear, and, <laughs> and, uh, and then they cut to uh, Kathy Griffin. But anyway, I, I, look, man, I, 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 I think I don't necessarily care. I don't watch him one way or another. I, I, you know, if he's if he's done, then he'll pop back up somewhere on a smaller network or whatever. Wherever uh, Chris Cuomo went to, I'm sure they'll 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 he'll be close behind yeah, true. him there. They're, they're buds. Uh, but, you know, going back to Nikki Haley, uh, you know, and her tap dancing around criticizing Trump, which I think is interesting, you know, Sean Hannity put her on the spot and said, what distinguish, you know, what, what, are there any differences between you and Donald Trump? And she refused to answer the question. She's like, I, you know, I reached out to Donald Trump and, and I just think we need to move forward with a, with a, with, with new younger leadership. You know, and, and I'm I'm not gonna kick sideways. I'm kicking forward, right. and and that's just where my focus is. So, I mean, look, I think I told you what I thought was gonna happen. Um, I think she she'll get some she'll get some good pub and and stuff right now while it's mostly just her and and uh, Larry Hogan, you know, and they'll they'll sort of kind of they'll they'll get the run right now until other people start to declare. And then once the big guns really start to declare and, and the pace picks up, I think like Haley and Hogan will stick around for a little bit just because they've had time to build up a little momentum. But that's not going to last long. And they're going to get swallowed up into the Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis back and forth, 
we'll forget about them, and one of them, maybe Haley, ends up being one of their VP candidates. I mean, I, that's a pretty... I would think that's the most likely scenario. Um, which, is also, ha- which is also probably why Nikki Haley is trying to stay away from being too critical of Trump uh, to make sure that that door remains open. True. Oh, 100%. Um, and, um, you know, she's actually a pretty viable candidate. I mean, you get down to it. A I mean, we've governor. talked. We've talked about this, and it doesn't matter. Like, they, no, they, they don't You're care. Right. They don't but care do, about do, do, how viable you, she is. Do you have any is, issue with her declaring herself as a person of color because she's of Indian descent? I mean, it's true. She is. The bigger issue is how she has run away from that. You know, like she picks and chooses when it's convenient right. to be a person of color. I mean, you're talking about a person who listed themselves as white on their voter on their voter registration. She, you know, she. Her Ted Cruz go with the oh just call me Nikki it's like your name is Amarata, um, you know like she she stays away like it, it she conveniently kind of picks and chooses when when that when being Indian you know right. sort of fits fits the bill, um, and you, do you beat her up over it? Well, yeah, you do because you you can't sit there and say there's no such thing as racism when you are clearly when you have clearly positioned yourself and made choices. Because you know that there is racism, because you know how people view outsiders and immigrants in this country, you've tried to position yourself to whitewash yourself as much as possible and fully assimilate, and you relate to white people and how they interact, and you've put yourself in that camp, and then to turn around and say that, well, there's no such thing as racism, and I don't know why everybody's making such a big deal about it, even though you were the governor in South Carolina that when Dylan Roof killed those nine peop- those nine black people in that church, you decided that maybe it was a good idea to take down the Confederate flag at that point in time because of people like Dylan Roof and the people who supported him and radicalized him, and now for you to come and get up on the stage and talk about, oh, there's no such thing as racism because Donald Trump says so, that, that that's where yeah. her whole the whole thing with race and her intersect. And for people like me, it doesn't fucking fly, right? Like, so this whole idea of, of Nikki Haley being a viable candidate, which is now, it's, it just becomes more and more laughable when you look at, you know, really her, I, I, I call it like de-evolution over the last five to six years. I, 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 thank you. I wanted to put that out there and see what your thoughts were. And um, I, I find, I mean, again, I try not to... Uh, white splain or whatever but i found that to be uh pretty convenient on her part too suddenly i'm the diversity candidate i'm like are you yeah really because you were governor when that confederate flag flew over your state house right don't fucking play this game now yeah. well, but i didn't want to be i say she took it down though right right but sure then it's just like okay if there's no such thing as racism why'd you take it down yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. you know what i mean well, like it's, it, it, and this is kind of the identical point that you were saying before. Like, you point out facts and reality to people who don't want to hear it, and they just go, oh, it's not about heritage. Hate is about heritage. Heritage of what? Oh, you don't want to say slavery because you don't like that word? Well, why do we have to talk about it? Okay. Okay. (laughs) Fuck off. Yeah. Um, All right. Speaking of the Confederate flag. Speaking of the Confederate flag, Mississippi and Alabama had two deaths at the hands of police. That were well in Mississippi. It wasn't deaths, right? Like so, in Mississippi, you had two two men, two black men. Uh, the police come in on a. Uh, they got a anonymous call. Uh, allegedly got an anonymous call that the two men were dealing drugs out of the house, 
had illegal weapons, and the kicker, dating white women. So the police come in, kick in the door, and literally torture these two men. Uh, they tased them. They waterboarded them. They physically beat them. And one of them they shot in the face. I, I thought he died. He didn't die? He did not die. Okay. Wow. He is clinging for his life. Okay. Um, and, and maybe he's died in the last 24 hours, but I think the last I saw, okay. that he was still fighting for his life. Um, but, they, I mean, they, they literally tortured these two men. Um, as far as I read, there were no drugs found in the house. Um, there may have been a gun, but it looks like it might have been legally owned, and it wasn't on either one of them. Like, neither one of them was in possession of the gun when the police came in. Uh, and, you know, this whole idea that they were there because of drugs and you they were dating white women and some of the words from, from witnesses that the police were saying, it was just... Just very nineteen fifties egregious, gross, um, just violation of rights and and just evil, uh, you know. And and so that happened in Mississippi, and then in Alabama, uh, you had an inmate who was transferred to the hospital. He arrived there dead, and his body temperature was seventy two degrees uh, Fahrenheit. Which, if you're a human. Um, you're about in, 20 degrees lower than it should right. be. You're in dangerous water if you drop probably below 30, actually. Uh, yeah. Oh, geez. Below 90. I'm right. Sure. Like you drop, right. Like you drop below 90 degrees, uh, you, 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 you're in the danger zone. And he, when he got to the hospital from jail, his body temp was 72 degrees. And they believe that he was, you know, basically restrained to a chair and put in the lock in freezer at the, at the jail. Uh, and then was thrown in his cell on a cold floor and left there, um, and the man essentially froze to death. And now the guy was white, but they they lied about. They said he was upright and conscious when they took it when he left the hospital or when he left the, the jail. Prison, yeah. and, and they and they took him to the hospital and they don't know what happened. How I, we don't know. And there's video of them picking his right. lifeless well, body up. So then there's there's video that shows in the security camera that you know that they literally had to carry him out. At one point in time, they put him on the ground, open the doors, try to do it, and then they, they, you know, you got four people that have to pick him up, and you just see his head and his legs flop, right? And then they kind of shove him in the back of the police cruiser, and, you know, and then that's the end of the video. There was a young woman who worked for them, who worked for that police department, who took a screenshot or took a, a, a video uh, on her phone of the security footage of them bringing this guy's lifeless body out, which directly contradicts the report that says he was wide awake and alert when we brought him out, right? right. And they fired her. I didn't know As that. a whistleblower, yes. Okay, you know uh, what? Which, I, and they said it was because it was, you know, for poor performance, but just the month prior to, she got, you know, employee of the month or officer of the month award, Right. It's just like, so you give her officer of the month one month, and then you fire her the next month for poor performance? Or did you fire her because she blew the whistle because your guys were doing something that was highly illegal, i.e. you killed someone and you lied about it and tried to cover it up? Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is the world we live in now, where you know, 20 years ago, that police report would have been considered an unchallengeable legal document. Wait, we wouldn't know about that. I mean, they, right? everybody would have looked at it and would have been like, huh? uh, now, how, how, though, this is this what is weird or, well, not weird, but, like, I don't know how they would have got around this because, like, listen, you you have a police report that says the guy was fully fine when he got to the hospital, and then when he gets to the hospital, he's frozen and dead. 
Like, I would like to think that somebody at the hospital would raise a question about this and that it would get traction. And, and, yeah. and especially in Alabama, it's there's reason to believe why that may not happen. Um, but there's just, like, in, like, this one is just, how could you do, like, both of these stories, like, what type of sick, depraved person do you have to be to walk in, kick in somebody's door, taser them, and waterboard them over who they're dating, right? Or, or, or how do you lock, take someone and lock them in a freezer, right? Like, what an awful way to die. You know, and, and just, like, all of those experiences are so bad. And, you know, like, when you tweet about this stuff, people will jump in and just they'll put the, you know, the ACAB in there, all cops are bad. And usually what I say is they're not all bad, but blah, 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 blah. But it's getting harder and harder to, to defend that statement because, like, yeah, maybe it's a few bad cops in, in each department. But if you've got a few bad cops in every department and none of the cops are doing anything to deal with it, and if they do, they get punished and excommunicated from the fraternal brotherhood or whatever, then, yeah, I, it's hard to say that the whole system isn't fucked, which includes everybody that's in it. Yeah, um, I mean, the one thing that comes out of this, hopefully there are serious repercussions for all the officers involved in this, which, again, 50 years ago there wouldn't have been, or 20 years ago there probably wouldn't have been. Um, This actually caused a weird flashback for me because I worked in a pizza place right out of of college, and one of the ways people would fuck with you is when you went into the walk-in freezer, they would try to hold the door shut on you. And it was weird because I'm in a pizza oven or pizza kitchen. So it's hot as fuck. So you walk into a 10 degree Fahrenheit freezer and for about 30 seconds, it feels great. And then it becomes miserable real fast. And when I think what they did to this person, it's so disturbing to me because I mean, it, 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 again, I specifically remember being in Colasanti's walk-in freezer and it was a hundred 15 degrees I in mean, the kitchen. I, look, I mean, I think we all understand how walk-in freezers work. So. No, no. Just, but, I mean, I, I mean the, the, this is a, torture. No, this is yeah, absolute I, torture. This agreed. is horrible. All right, I'll move on. But no, no, I just... I, just it, it's just... Like I said, we all know how freezers work, right? And so for someone to think that this... It just... It's, it boggles my mind of the level of deprav- the depravity of some of these people, right? Yeah. Like, it just... You know, and, and it's just like, oh, you're just making a big deal about it. because I'm like, look, I, I don't know what more. This is a, a white dude in Alabama, right? Like, so the reason why this is a big fucking deal, like, like look, if, if it happens to a black person, you say, oh, well, you got to make it about race. Okay, well, now you got the police just killing random white dude in a prison for no fucking reason. Right, like so, maybe can we look into this a little bit more? Maybe can we think about getting some restraints on these guys? Right, like now, like the, I don't know why this guy was in jail. I don't know what I, his track record is. Details. But whatever the reason he was there for, I don't care. Restraining yeah. someone in a chair and putting him in a fucking walk-in freezer, it, uh, there's no place where that makes any sort of sense as a viable punishment for anything, right? Like so, no, if it's tor- it, so it is torture. It, that is absolutely torture. And everyone should be like, like if that if you can't get behind uh, looking into the police and and holding them accountable and making changes after something like that, 
then then the reality is you just don't give a fuck. And, and it's not and, about and, and race. Steve, at the I'm, end of the day, I'm throwing you your words back at you. We we both know that society as a whole doesn't give a fuck. No, they don't. I mean, not I until mean, not until it starts to happen to them, and it's too fucking late. Right. You know, because then, because and 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 I and who knows, right? But you know, if you're a white family in Alabama, I have to imagine that you don't give too many shits about the Black Lives Matter movement or you know any of these calls for police reform. Right, but now all of a sudden, when it's your son, who even if he even if he was in jail for good reason, right, right gets tortured and killed like this, I have to imagine that's going to change the way that you view police and policing and criminal justice because there, there's no he should have just complied on this, right? Right. There, no, there, there's no, no well he got what was coming to him. Like now, you hope and pray that you you know. Kid, the dude wasn't like a child molester or something right. like that because then it's just like, well, <laughs> well but, no, you know, <laughs> no, 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 even no, then, no, even, no, then. even I'm just saying, no, I, I hear you. We're not defending the guy. Just, being the most awful it may take me longer to get out the argument <laughs> that you know due process and all that shit should prevail. I'll still say it, but it'll be kind of like it's it's it's, it's kind of like when they executed Timothy McVeigh. I'm like, I'm anti death penalty, but I'm gonna speak up about it. After the injection, and I, dude, I feel gross about that. I, I I know I'm tripping all over myself saying that, but I mean, Timothy McVeigh killed bunches of people because. Yeah, I mean, I also I, don't have the, the same issue with the death penalty. I mean, because I think right. some of these people just you're better off. But well, either way, all right, we we could do this for hours. Let's move on to sports because the Super Bowl happened. Yes, it did. I lost money. You did not. Your prediction yeah. was right. Mine was not. Well, you're so small, here's you're a, not, I, 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 what I will say. So the game played out about kind of like I said yes, that it, it would. Yes, it did. Uh, the only thing that was different, I said that I had oh, concerns about Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts and it being too big. I was definitely wrong. Dude kid, balled out. He came out and like he had the he had the fumble that they scored. And that was an awful. <laughs> it, it was it was a bad fumble. It ends up being the difference in the game. But you can't. You, there's no one that watched that game. That said, it was too big for Jalen Hurts. No. Like I watched that kid. Like and listen, they didn't do it the way everybody thought that they were going to do it. Come out running the ball, right? Everyone said like, oh, they're going to try to run the ball. Chiefs are going to try to shut down the run. Then they're going to send pressure. Jalen Hurts isn't good under pressure, and he's not good throwing against man. Well, <laughs> they come out. They really didn't run the ball that much. They came out throwing, and he had no issues getting the ball down the field, making short throws, mid range throws, deep throws. His deep balls were accurate. Um, they got a little lucky on that one. With, they did. With, well, there were two. There was one to A.J. Yeah. Brown um, where A.J. Brown was just the superior athlete and just made the hell of a play. It was a great throw, but A.J. Brown had to make a great play yeah. and catch to, to, yeah. to, to finish it off. Um, and then the one to Devontae Smith where the, where the defender fell down, but the defender fell down because Devontae Smith ran a ridiculous route and crossed that dude all the way the fuck up, and it was uh, like you, you got to appreciate it. But even still... Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, and Travis Kelsey is Travis Kelsey. Um, and, you know, Travis Kelsey had the touchdown early, um, and he didn't he didn't have a ton. I think he went like six for 82 or something like that, but they were really key plays. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster came up big in the second half, um, and they just spread the ball all around and, and, and managed to get it done. Uh, you know, and it was a great game, and, you know, I did lose I could, money. So. I, I did lose money. I and I entered the game just bitter and stayed bitter throughout. 
I honestly came home for the second half, talked to my buddy back in Buffalo, and um, I, I was yeah just mad that I lost money to be honest with you. Yeah, no, it was but it was, but it was, it was a great game. It was an entertaining and, and, game. All right, so let me throw something out to you because some people are saying that Patrick Mahomes has a chance to surpass Tom Brady. Maybe. But I think it's a bit early to start that talk. Now, he deserves a ton of credits. It's his sixth year. He's been in three Super Bowls. He's won two. Mm-hmm. Dudes, I mean, if his career ends today, he's in the Hall of Fame, right? Yes. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Okay. So, you know, good on you, Pat Mahomes. I think you should take it easy, buddy. Go on. Right off into the sunset. Leave um, my bills alone. I think, look, I mean, I, th- I think the anytime you, you start winning multiple Super Bowls, then the, the conversation used to be Joe Montana, Terry Bradshaw. Right, but then sure. Tom Brady comes out and surpasses both of them by three right. Super Bowls. So it's just like, all right, well, he then becomes a benchmark. So anytime a quarterback wins multiple Super Bowls then, with multiple teams, ironically, right. well, you know, for as you know, for Brady, for Brady, then, right. sorry, yeah, the conversation is, you know, is this the next Tom Brady? Right now, I think it's worth asking the question because. Pat Mahomes is really good. The team is consistently competitive. He, t- even though he's getting paid a fuck ton of money, his contract is still favorable to the team. Which you know, like he took a longer, he spread right, that out right. over a longer period of time. And Pat Mahomes isn't even the highest paid QB in the league. So you know, when you look at it, you know he it, they're set up to where they can have long term success. Andy Reid isn't going anywhere. Um, Andy Reid is going to be calling the plays. I don't think Steve Spagnuolo is going anywhere, and he keeps that defense good enough to keep them competitive, right? Like, they kind of bend, don't break. They have these lulls in the season, but ultimately, you know, the offense keeps them in it or whatever. Sure. So, like, they – and their team is young. Their defense is young. Um, you know, they, they you know they roll through running backs. Like, it's hard to use a Kansas City running back in, in fantasy because, they you know, they use three sure. or four different ones a game. Um, so it's hard to pinpoint one down, but because of that, they they don't really, you know, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire got hurt, and so they bring in Jared McKinnon. They've got Pache- uh, Pacheco or Pacheco, who they drafted out of Rutgers, who I loved at Rutgers. Like I actually watched a number of Rutgers games because I like why. Him. Because <laughs> listen, the kid runs hard. He's got speed. He's not very big. But I just love his running style. I mean, even watching him on the sideline. Did you see him because of him being in the Big Ten? Yeah, okay, I, because I, I watched him. I, Rutgers played Ohio State, and I said, who is this guy? And then I watched the, I, I probably watched three or four games, not obviously not this past season, but the year before his, his last year at Rutgers, and I just I liked him. I, I liked him you as a, a player. You, you have a tendency to, like, uh, Reggie Bush, uh, Christian McCaffrey, yeah. so having played running back at a yeah. high level, I think you latch onto these guys. Go, I really like this guy. And yeah, because I, I can. Re- and that's not a criticism. Yeah, it's just because I relate to them, and when I see guys that either kind of remind me of myself, right, to a degree, or I or the running style that I that I would like to would have liked to emulate. Like there are things that like. I, I would imagine myself doing, like, physically I wasn't capable of doing, but I would still try. And the benefit is when you're 250 pounds moving at a high rate of speed, your moves don't look great, but they still do enough to get you more open sure. or run people over. So but while yeah, Reggie Bush and McCaffrey have always been your guys, and now right. this guy sounds and I, like Listen, the, I the, loved Reggie Bush, right? And actually, actually, I'm older than Reggie Bush, so he wasn't someone that I emulated as much, but I loved his running style. Marshall Falk would be more of the guy that I – like, Marshall Falk was one of my just heroes. I loved watching him play both for the Colts and for the Rams, and I wanted to be as effective as him 
running the ball and catching the ball out of the backfield. Now, I could catch pretty good. I was good running routes. It just didn't look as good because I was enormous compared to Marshall Falk. But, like, I understood how he approached the game from the, the perspective of a quarterback to know everything about the offense, and that helped me. So when I see these guys that are really effective in different ways on the field, not just barreling ahead and running right. forward, um, I tend to get excited about them, and he was another one. So. All right. Yeah, I'm sorry to do, no, do no, a side, sidetrack you know, conversation, I, but yeah. That's, not, that's always a good sidetrack. I was going to say, I knew you'd like that. All right. So the last Eric. thing just from, yeah, from the Super Bowl. So Eric Bieniemy is leaving the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, he was offensive coordinator in Kansas City under Andy Reid, um, and he's going to take basically a lateral position with the commanders in Washington. Um, and people are looking at this in a, a couple of different ways. Like, ultimately, even Andy Reid said he's probably going to have to go somewhere else prove that he could do it as a play caller to become a head coach. That makes sense, right? It's just right. like, all right, Andy Reid's calling all the plays. Eric Bieniemy, you're the offensive coordinator, but what are you really doing as the offensive coordinator? Why don't you show us that you can also call really good plays and that you learned a lot from him? Let's, let's take a look at you that way. On the surface, that isn't the end of the world, and I'm like, okay, that makes sense. But the problem that I have I come back to is both Doug Peterson and both Matt Nagy, they got their head coaching opportunities after being the offensive coordinator for Andy Reid. Andy Reid has always called the plays. Doug Peterson didn't call plays for Andy Reid, neither did Matt Nagy. And all, those all happened in Philadelphia, right? Uh, yes. Peterson mm, for sure. Well, Peterson for sure. Peterson for sure. Nagy might have been Na- in KC. Nagy was in, it was in KC, and he left Kansas City to go over to the Bears did whatever he did over in Chicago, and I think he actually ended up back with Kansas City at some point. Um, and so the, the, and the, and so the issue that people are having, and I kind of have a question, is like, well, why did Doug Peterson be able to just to go straight from Andy Reid to being a head coach? How come Nagy didn't have to go prove it as actual play caller and then was just able to walk into being a head coach? And why does Eric Bieniemy need that additional step after he's been with Andy Reid for the period of time that he's been there. Uh, and that's... Race. Yeah, I mean, is it... Now, some well, people have no. said, like, listen, the enemy's personality isn't the best, is not the best interview. Uh, and someone even brought up, like, oh, you know, he's got a DUI, and he, he, he had a, a domestic situation. I believe it was a, a while ago, right? Um, like, over 10, 15 years ago. But it doesn't matter. It's still something that they're going to look at. But I just find it hard to believe with some of these other coaches, what they have and their backgrounds and everything else, that that's really what's holding him back. It could be a personality thing, right? Like maybe sure. may, may, maybe he's just not a good interviewer. Maybe he is not like – and people said that about Brian Dable as well, yeah. um, who's now the – he's you know been a successful coach for, for the Giants – um, you know, I would consider this year a success for them. Yeah, they made um, the playoffs after sucking. Yeah, for and, and he did years. a you know he did a great job in Buffalo with Josh Allen. Yep. Um, and so, you know, maybe it's more enemy is more similar to uh, to a Brian Dayball. Like, and Brian Dayball's a weird guy. He was here in Cleveland. Um, I had a couple actual interactions with him just through like charity events or whatever. 
And yeah, he is a little bit of an odd guy. He went to high school with my cousin. <laughs> so okay, so <laughs> yeah, but I, so it could be a personality. I just think it's it's odd, and you have to look at it. You've been a champion for Eric Bieniemy for a long time, saying why doesn't this guy get a shot? Give him a and, shot, right? And I'm not saying that he's going. I know that he's going to be successful, but it's just like, look, I, all right, let's give him a go, right? Like, I mean, Andy Reid's got a decent track record of putting out good coaches, so let's see if Eric Bieniemy is one. And so. Two questions. One, um, you know, coaching trees are an odd thing, and great coaches sometimes don't put out great yeah, other coaches. Right. Bill Belichick being the obvious. Yep. Andy Reid, like I said, mixed success. Um, but do you think going to the Commanders is the right move for him? Because that organization seems like a clusterfuck. Yeah, but look, that that team has been with Ron Rivera. They've been competitive, right? But the problem is, is that they like they just they're their off- front office is a cluster though. But Okay, yeah, but their biggest issue is they haven't had a quarterback. They've got pieces. You've got a running back. You've got a decent offensive line. And you've got, you know, Terry McLaurin and you've got some other people at receivers there. But you're, you know, you went with Carson Wentz who, you know, just isn't what people thought that he was, which I was never a big fan of his and I was proven to be right. Um, And then, you know, then they went with Taylor Heineke who is a decent guy, but right. he's, he's but a scrappy. Not, he's not. I could see Taylor Heineke ended, ended up being like a Doug Peterson-like type guy who ends up being a pretty good coach, um, but, you know, a, a, a average player. But they, they don't have that guy at quarterback. And so I think the enemy going there, you have some pieces. If the commanders are able to get a free agent guy at quarterback or get somebody in the draft that is going to be an effective playmaker for them, it gives it gives Eric Bieniemy like this is this actually is the right move because if he can go to the Commanders and he can turn that offense around and maybe they don't go to the Super Bowl but they can win the division or get in a wild card and win a playoff game and kind of get over the hump that they've been at and it's because their offense is more consistent and more productive then that's what you want right like yeah. he can't walk into a situation with that. you know he can't walk into like the situation in Denver. With Sean Payton and 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 Russell Wilson, and kind of be in the same situation that he's in in Kansas City, right? Um, you know, he can't go to a, like let's say uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers goes to I don't know the Jets. He the... goes to the Jets, and then they they bring in Eric Bieniemy to call plays there. Even then, I think they would hold it against him because well, you you had Aaron Rodgers, right? Right, like so, Eric Bieniemy is going to have to go into a he can't go into a great situation offensively and I get that the whole mess with the front office there but his goal isn't to be the head coach of the commanders right his goal is to get that team and get that offense firing at a high level to show that he, he it's he himself can actually call the plays to get you to that next level and that will be taken into consideration to get him to that right job but that, that area he's looking for if, if I'm his agent I feel I what you're saying makes sense I'm not if he does that success my concern if I'm if I'm representing him and trying to find the right fit for him going to a team that I I don't know the ins and outs of the Washington Commanders but they just seem like a train wreck of an organization yeah but you're but you got to separate what's going on in the front office from what's happening on the field right because again like their front office tends to fuck with their okay but all you need them to do in this instance is bring in a viable quarterback Right and and so now listen. If plenty he succeeds, of, plenty of offenses right. have fucked that up. But if you bring in a viable quarterback, 
right? And they like minus whatever they do in the front office. Now, if the front office goes and trades away all the picks and they they trade away everything for some, you know, washed up yeah. whoever to bring in Tom Brady or something like that. I you know, I mean, or Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> right. Well, no, I mean I just I, it's hard to think of yeah. somebody like that, but you know you know what I'm saying? I do. Um I think you bring in somebody viable, and then, like, look, it's a risk, but I think it's a risk they feel that they have to take because there's no really perfect situation. Any situation that you would want to go into already has that person there that is the the, the play caller that's found success for that team. Right. Um, now, I could have made an argument that, look, if the Steelers hadn't, you know, decided to stick with Matt Canada, then bring him here. Bring him to Pittsburgh, Right. Let's see. Let's see if that could work, right? Like you got a young guy with uh, uh, Kenny Pickett. You've got some pieces in George Pickens, and you've got Najee Harris, and you've got the backup Jalen Warren. You got a defense that was playing really good at the end of the year. So could uh, could Eric Bieniemy work with what the Steelers have on offense and turn that into something? We know how Mike Tomlin is with 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 his coaches and things like that. I, I don't know. Like I think it, it may have been it may have been a decent option. I would have liked to see because I'm not a huge fan of Matt Canada, but I'm stuck with you, him. You, you've made that. I'm stuck with him, experience. so now I got to root for him again. But um, you know, all right, we're with you when win or tie. All right, um, we should wrap this up. Wrap hey. it up, B. All right, we are at Whiskey Congress on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you for listening. We're done. <laughs> <laughs>